coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the Ayo Studio. Ayo. It's the Fade Route with DNZ, IMD, and we've got a great show for you tonight. Adrian Griffin gets fired, Maurer gets in the Hall of Fame, and Joel Embiid drops 70. We begin today's show with breaking news as Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh is not going back to Michigan. He's actually going to, drumroll please, the Los Angeles Chargers. Gotta thank my co-worker who will be buying me Greek Greek truck this week because I told him that was going to happen and he was in total disbelief. Thanks, Vin. So, yeah. uh, Does this move make the Chargers a contender in the AFC West? And what does this do for Michigan? Well, a Michigan man is leaving Michigan to go to San Diego, where he was a LA. San Diego Charger. He has no ties to the L- the LA Chargers. He's a San Diego Charger. Oh. So he was he was a Charger. <laughs> so there there is a little bit of a homecoming there. Granted, it's now SoFi and it is LA, but it you know. Jim Harbaugh is a quarterback at heart. He knows how to coach quarterbacks. And he's got a stud of a quarterback in Justin Herbert there. The question is, what's going to be there around Justin Herbert? Eckler's a free agent. Keenan Allen's a free agent. Pretty much everybody not named Joey Bosa and Justin Herbert. That's going to be an issue. Like, how are you going to make this work? They must, in have, terms a, of they in, must have a plan. They, they have, have to. Well, they fired Telesco. Telesco is going to co- he's going to be the GM of the Raiders. So there's something you know because you don't see something in you, the works. Yeah, you don't you don't land Harbaugh without a plan. Yeah. And that's what I'm you know that's what these all these meetings like are going on. You know, Belichick met for a second time with the Falcons. I think Harbaugh also met a second time with the Falcons. But it's all about it's like okay, guys, what's the plan? Like I'm going to come coach here, but what's the plan? Who are we getting? Who are we targeting in the draft? What's our projections for the next five years? Like, these well, are the he guys. actually canceled his interview today because they wouldn't let him out of the building. So I guess he liked what he heard. That's great. Um, as far as like what is available and what can you do, I mean, you want to have a guy on your team, on your coaching staff, that is com- a competent defensive coordinator. Miami just let go of Vic Fangio. He's trash. Mm-hmm. That was the guy that said, oh, uh, I can stop Patrick Mahomes. So <laughs> the Eagles hired him for like what? Like a, a, a day or a week or two weeks? <laughs> he couldn't stop well, him. Nick Sirianni's kind of a cool pot anyway. So like, is going I mean, that guy, we can talk about him too. We'll talk about Legend Superstar Nick later. But, <laughs> you know, Vic Fangio, you don't get 37 years in the league by being a nothing. So, like, there's definitely something there. No, like, how about your part. coach? How about your coach that you list? Wink? Like, yeah. That's who I want coaching my defense. That would be very interesting from a personality standpoint because they are so similar that I think it would be Dayball Wink 
You look at the way the Giants played in that last game against Philadelphia, man. For a team that was out of it, that defense was all over the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Wink is definitely, he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's your guy. You know, he was a Raven for years. So, you you know what he brought to the table. You know his, his intangibles. Exactly. So, I mean, Coach Harbaugh has the cred, right? He took a team to the Super Bowl. Didn't win it. Took him there. Right, thirteen three, eleven and four, twelve and four, eight and eight is last year. There's plenty there. There's plenty there. Now the the rep he gets is that he's a he's a pusher, right? Yeah. Very much in the same way that Bill Belichick is a pusher, and he will run you into the ground. He will run the organization into the ground. He will burn himself out. He will burn all the bridges, and then leave. Like that that's kind of his rep. Now they signed him for a five year deal. You bring him in and you are essentially saying, like, we believe that you are the quarterback whisperer. You we believe that you can take Justin Herbert from here at point A to here at point B. The way you took Colin Kaepernick from Alex Smith's backup to here, right? To the next, to a starter in the Super Bowl. Like, that you can do these things. And he has the track record of doing it, but he has all this baggage. And he's already in, he, he's already, like, the little brother in L.A., right? But, but say what you will about the Chargers. The Chargers are not the primary attraction there. It's the Rams. The char- the Chargers, yeah, they they have their fans. But primarily, again, they were the San Diego Super Chargers. People aren't driving 2-3 hours. Most people aren't driving 2-3 hours to go to this game and drive 2-3 hours back. So, you got to put some asses in the seats and how do you do it? Harbaugh definitely will do that just because he's he's got some sizzle, right? He rejuvenated San Francisco when it was in the wilderness. But it's costly. It's definitely costly. And I don't know if this organization is willing to pay that cost because they haven't been willing to pay the cost at all in the past. Yeah, I... uh... I don't have a problem with the move. I think this was the better job to get. I mean, if you're telling me I have a choice between going to Atlanta or going to L.A., I want to go to the place that has the quarterback. I understand you're saying some key positions are may not be returning, but let's get real. I mean, I've never been an Austin Eckler guy. I think Keenan Allen's pretty good, but he's getting up there in age. Um, and Justin Herbert's a stud. And he was able to win games with Kaepernick, who couldn't get a job after he left. He was he's able to develop schemes and offenses that work. Um, the only problem is, is you got to deal with Patrick Mahomes. Um, and the thing, the way I look at it is, is like he's got a five-year deal, and if it doesn't work after three years or four years, or even five years, I think we both can agree the next move is he's going to go to Chicago and he's going to be coaching either Justin Fields or he's going to be coaching. Um, Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. That's just facts. And then if that job's not there, I know Ohio State would take him, but he probably won't go there. But then again, we'll have to see how Alabama's doing because I'm sure he would go to Alabama. 
So there's jobs for him. You know, my whole thing, though, when I was talking to my coworker at work was, is like, he's won the national championship. There's nothing left for him to do in college. I've won the national championship. I'm good. Like, I'm good. College is going to be such a hard thing to navigate now because of the NILs. Like, you're just going to lose players. Like, players that don't play are, are going to enter the portal. And you're never going to be able to, like, get a guy as a redshirt or get a guy as a freshman and develop him because he's going to be like, you didn't play me enough. I came here to play. And, and that's just the way it's going to be now. Or I want more money, or I need, I need, you know, I need X, Y, Z, and he don't want to deal with that. And his brother is on the cusp of possibly winning his second Super Bowl. You can't be at, you can't be sitting at the table with college rings while your brother has, you know, Super Bowl rings. It's not going to work. As far as Michigan, I think Michigan's going to be fine. I mean, they'll find a way. You know, Michigan's a big time program. Um, you know, they they find a way to get players. They find a way to be successful. You know. Everybody's going to have a chance now with 12 teams getting into the college playoff. So I think Michigan will be fine. Michigan will absolutely be fine. I'm not concerned about that. They'll they'll definitely, you know, like like you said, he checked off all the boxes. Right. He, won, he won the national championship, right? At his alma mater. Like, Bingo. Where, like that matter. was the only place up, right? Yeah, right. Elsewhere, and then the call of Michigan. Yeah. He was I did there. it. I beat Ohio State. I won the Big Ten championship. I won the national championship. Thank you and good night. <laughs> but, but you're absolutely right. Like, this Charger job is very much so a stepping stone to the Bears. Because I think he sees himself more as a bear than he does as a colt or as a charger. I think he just sees it as I have a way out. Like if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work out here, it's not that big of a deal. And I I think he also has a little bit, he could always go to TV too. I think he would actually be very insightful on TV. But um, He's a coach, Z. He's a coach. He's a real coach. He really is. And the fact that he's had success at both levels speaks volumes. I mean, you could say what you want about Nick Saban, but Nick Saban ain't Pete Carroll, and Nick Saban ain't John, uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh. And that's just the truth. Um, but moving on, you know, that was uh, breaking news. But to start the way we wanted to start the show, um, the defending champs went into Buffalo and beat Josh Allen and the Bills 24-27. I think everyone thought this would be Buffalo's year, including you, with no Burrow and a home game against the Chiefs and Mahomes. But <laughs> everyone was wrong. <laughs> you know, Allen, and here's the thing, Z. Allen didn't turn over the ball. The Bills ran for over 180 yards. And they still lost. Uh, so, Z, what do the Bills need to do to get past the Chiefs in the playoffs? Actually stick to the game plan. Right, what worked? Run, run it down football. your throat. Run, run the, the football, goddamn. Man. Run the fucking football. It didn't even God matter if Chris it. Jones was on the field. You were still moving the ball. God damn it! <laughs> run the goddamn football. Like I, I don't understand why are they allergic to it? And run it with somebody besides Josh Allen, James yeah. Cook, eighteen for sixty-one. Like Ty John, Ty Johnson was moving the ball on seven carries for forty yards. It, they had it. They had it. And to me, it boils down to the desperation fourth down play call with 
you know, running the, the fake pump with DeMar Hamlin. <laughs> you know, they happened, you know, it ended up being no harm, no foul because the fumble, they fumbled out of the end zone. The Chiefs fumbled it out of the end zone for the touchback. And, you know, the Bills got it back. And you're in position, man. Ice the game out. Ice the game out. This is what you're trying to do, right? You're grinding the clock down. Like, that's what McDermott was doing. And all of a sudden, he starts chucking it 60 yards in the air, trying to, yeah. trying there to were some bombs. make it he was, throwing, he was throwing some bombs. And, and to be honest with you, Dick, Dick should have caught like, at least Dick, two of them, man. Dick should have caught the one in the end zone. He should have caught the one on the sideline. Oh, man, but you know what? Passes. But he didn't need to. You had your timeouts. You had four minutes to go. You had four I minutes. You. Even if you. you grind the goddamn clock out, like you can, you don't have to do what you did. You had timeouts. You run the damn ball. You set up. And if you want to get Bass closer and then kick the field goal, fine. But you get closer, you don't have to chuck the ball sixty yards in the air. It's a more manageable throw. And maybe they catch the ball. Maybe Shakir will catch it. Maybe, maybe you know. Z, I think, I think, I think everything you're saying sounds great. But Z, honestly, tell me that if they were to do what you said, grind it down, score, get up with a couple minutes left on the clock, you really believe that Pat Mahomes is going to get the ball and go down there and win the game? This is a guy that came back being down 30 seconds if you remember in it only took him 13 seconds 13 seconds yeah. it took him 13 yeah so yeah. so that's that was that's that was my whole thing watching that game i knew pretty early on i i actually i'm i'm going to the afc championship game so i, I actually started planning my trip uh in the second quarter because you know, i saw enough where you're not gonna you're not gonna put them down they're gonna keep coming and you have no answer. You can't stop them. And they can't stop you. But guess what? They're going to get the ball last. And they're going to beat you. You know, it. Uh, he, I wrote down some stats here. Uh, the Chiefs were averaging, b- before kneel downs, the Chiefs were averaging 9 yards per play. Buffalo was averaging 4.7 yards per play. <laughs> I mean, to me, Josh Allen's gonna be John Elway he's gonna have these great playoff performances he might even get to a Super Bowl one or two of them but he's gonna win the last two years of his career that's where we're headed man that's it that's where we're headed this was the year there's no burrow you're got a home game against Mahomes he doesn't have Tariq Hill this team is not good two is not ready two is not not ready now next year uh, come on, next year it's loaded again. And now you got the kid from Houston who could ball. Lamar Lamar's going to be better. is going to be better. Justin Herbert's got a new coach. You got to believe Burrow's going to come back with vengeance. In the three years he's played full seasons, he's gone to the AFC Championship game twice. So what about the Jags? You think they're going to learn from that? I think, school? yeah, sure. The Jags are back. If the, if the Rodgers is healthy, the Jets are like, this is the problem. Like this was your this was your moment. This was your opportunity. How does it get better? What's gonna what is gonna change on your roster or next year that's gonna put you in a better position than this year? There's nothing. You're gonna you're gonna be on the road next year. You get another playoff game. You're gonna get a home playoff game next year. 
And the other question I have for you is this is the Josh Allen Pat Mahomes rivalry? Is that the new rivalry? Is this the new Brady Peyton? Is this the best rivalry in the National Football League right now? Well, let's think about this. So for a while there, Brady Manning was very one sided. <laughs> it's very, 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 very one sided. So, well, the regular the season was a little more even. Yeah, the regular was, season was a little bit more even. But it's exactly what I was telling. You know what? The Colts did exactly what we accused the Dolphins of. They ran it up. Right? They did. They, they were that kind of team. But when it got cold, that's when shit started to go south. When they needed to run the ball, they couldn't. Even with Edger and James. Even with Joseph Adad, it wasn't there. So they need to figure out, you know, James Cook, they, they seem to have something there, right? They need to trust it. I will say that I think if Gabe Davis played, it might have been a little different. Because yeah. I think he he gets one or two of those deep shots. He does, I think so. But there's nothing that tells me that Not you're going to stop Nothing tells me that you're gonna stop Patrick Mahomes. You can't. You cannot. You you've proved that in the regular season you can beat him, but come playoff time, you're I think 0 and 4 now. And you can't tell me that having Matt Milano and having Trey White would have mattered that much. Yeah, I think I think I think it. All that it would have done, I think, would have been it would have been a lower scoring game. Maybe it's not 27-24. Maybe it's 16-21. Maybe it's something like that. Like, that's all it's going to do. It's just going to even it out. And this was a flawless game. This isn't a... And this is the problem. It's like you're talking about, okay, we're blaming it on scheme. We're saying, okay, they should have run the ball more. But you couldn't have X'd more from Josh Allen. You couldn't have X'd more from even... I'll even go to bat for them a little bit. You couldn't X more for them from their defense... They did what they were trying to do. There was a scheme involved, and they were like, we're, we're going to take this away from them, and they did. They did exactly what they should have done, right? They out-total yards, right? It granted, right, right. it was only by seven yards. Right. But still, you outgained them, right? Mm-hmm. You outrushed them. You out, you know, you out third-down efficiency them. They were 50%. Chiefs were 20%. Time of possession. The Buffalo Bills had 50 more minutes crazy of time of possession crazy 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 you, you that's what i'm saying like you're saying they should have grinded it out they did they held the ball they did hold the ball no but when you're giving up nine yards per play <laughs> no but when when it came crunch time when it came crunch time when they needed to stick to the plan they start chucking the ball like, yeah, you, yeah, no, that's not what you do. That's You're right. Not, you, You're 100% right. You stick with what's working. And you, you know, Sean McDermott, like, this is starting to follow him, right? Yeah. And should they go get, I mean, should they go, maybe they should talk to Bill Belichick. I don't know. I don't know. But we're, ta- we're talking about sticking to the scheme. And one team that stuck to the scheme over the weekend, and that was the, the Green Bay Packers. The 49ers did get by, 
they did beat the Packers to reach the NFC Championship game over the weekend, but it took four quarters and about 14 minutes to get control of that game. It was wet. It was rainy. Brock Purdy was not efficient early, but closed the game 7-8 for eight on a fourth-quarter drive that put his team in the lead. Now, Z, was this closed game due to the weather and... You know, maybe the 49ers having a week off, or did the Packers come to play? It's a combination of both. You know, the, the Packers are riding the high of being the Dallas Cowboys, of being the only seven, t- seven seed to win and advance the next round. The Niners did have that week off. They did start preparing in the second quarter of the Dallas game, like, you know, like Coach Shanahan did. Yeah. Yeah. Losing Debo Samuel is definitely an issue, but that's that's starting to come around again, right? We we're always concerned about when the San Francisco 49ers are going to get their injury. And they always seem to happen at the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have Jennings, at least. So they were plugging in Jennings where they would plug in Debo with the jet sweeps and the running backs out of the, you know, out of the backfield. You're trying to make that work. So Jawan Jennings definitely, you know, they may have something there. Ayuk didn't have the best of games. But I got to say that the Packers definitely outkicked their coverage this year. Like, neither one of us expected them to be good. We expect Jordan, you you expected Jordan Love to take the the leap. And he did. Yeah. And he did. 21 to 34, 194, two touchdowns, two picks. Yeah. Now that that gut buster at the end of the game, where he's jumping, he's doing Derek Jeter. No, he's doing the Brett Favre, man. That's what that's what they do in Green Bay. Yeah. So like there there's definitely a Green Bay quarterback playbook. I mean, the missed and, field goal really took the wind out of their sails. But he's been missing field goals and extra points all he year. Yeah. So I mean. Yes. LaFleur said he just would pray to God every time he went out there. That's not not a lot of confidence. I mean, that's great confidence. Exactly. That's not what you want to do every time your hitter goes out there. But good. I mean, I wanted wanted it to go. I really wanted to go Green Bay's way because, I mean, that's another team where they were gashing them on the ground. And they stuck with it. Like, we're going to keep running the ball. You guys have all these pass rushers out here. You're all in ready to, to, to defend the pass. We're going to run the ball. We're going to get 56 yards on a carry. Like, we're going to run the ball down your damn throat. And then we're going to pass it to people that are running wide open downfield. But you know what? Like, when it came down to it, they gave the Niners enough daylight that yeah. they were able to squeak through. And that's what good teams need. That is what separates the good teams from the okay teams and the okay teams from the mediocre teams. How do you take advantage of what the other team gives you? Now, Brock Purdy did what he needed to do. And again, he's maligned for it. Like, I I don't, you know, it's ridiculous to me at this point how much they want to kick this man and make him you know, somehow less than. He's in his second consecutive NFC title game. So I don't care if he was on the 85 Bears. I don't care if he was on, you know, the 0-16 Lions. I don't care. 
We need to start putting some respect on this guy's name. He's doing it, right? He's getting them there. And he is one of the reasons for it. This He isn't going to be remembered in the same light like a Mark Sanchez. He's not going to be remembered for turning it around, turning around, handing the ball off. Yes, that's a part of it. Yes, that's a part of it. Because he has Christian Friggin McCaffrey. You would be stupid if you didn't hand the ball off. But when they need a throw, he makes the throw. All it's I want, yeah, I it's mean, not here, sexy. It's effective. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal with with that whole situation. I mean, I I said I think I sent you this sat in real time. Kyle Shanahan's one in thirty when down by five points or more in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. His first victory was this past weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's now all I, that's let's, all I gotta let's say be about fair that. Here. Like that had definitely, you know. It's definitely something that wear that weighs on you for sure. That's all I gotta now, say about that. This team plays from ahead, right? That's most good teams do. Most good teams want to. Well, get out of it. I think you know they. But now they demonstrate they can do it. Well, here's the deal: it's like they took advantage of they took advantage of a, a bad Panthers owner getting Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey. They really lucked out with Brock Purdy. They took advantage of a Redskins team or a Commanders team that was selling and got Chase Young. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're they're loaded. They're loaded. And it took you all four quarters to beat a team that didn't really belong in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, Green Bay got there, but they didn't belong there. I mean, I know they beat Dallas, but that doesn't mean anything. Like, they're a seven seed. They didn't belong in the playoffs. Five years ago, they wouldn't have made the playoffs, you know? So, and I think San Francisco is going to luck out again this weekend because they're playing they're playing the Detroit Lions, who, in my opinion, you know, you're going up against a rah-rah coach, and Kyle Shanahan is an X's and O's guy. Uh, so... I don't. I don't know. I don't know if the better team won over the weekend. I think the better team executed when it mattered the most over the weekend. Like Green Bay misses the field goal, Brock Purdy comes down is seven for eight, scores the touchdown, wins the game. But that's, that's exactly what, what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, you get. We're gonna. I'm gonna reference Tom Brady. You yeah, don't go give, ahead. You give Brady an inch. He's yeah. gonna bust through. Like who apparently the apparently the 49ers reached out to in the offseason to see if he wanted to come and play for them. And he turned them down. How crazy would that would have been? That's ridiculous. And the only reason he turned them down was because his friends just threw him a retirement party and he felt bad going back and playing after they threw him a retirement party. But wow, could you imagine that? Brock Purdy would have just been a backup this year. That would have been something. That definitely would have been something. But, I mean, you know, kudos to the Niners. Like, they did what they were supposed ah, to fuck do. The fuck the Niners. Fuck the Niners and their nepotism. I don't like that shit. He's there because he's who his dad is. And, yeah, he did do his time and being an assistant and everything like that. But but still. He's not Arthur know. Smith, man. I mean, Arthur come on. If he's not like, it's not like it's Arthur Smith. So, this guy actually, yes, he was born to football royalty, but he did put in the time. Like, you know, like, time. look at that coaching tree, by the way. You have Shanahan, you have McVay, you have McDaniel, you have LaFleur. Like, that's, sure. 
you have the flu. Like you, all those guys were on the commie. Well, the Redskins roster <laughs> under, under Jay Gruden, Col- right? Under under Mike Shanahan. Oh, under Mike Shanahan. I think Jay Gruden might have been there as the OC. So they they might have all been uh, <laughs> they all might have been underlings for Jay Gruden. So it's crazy. Like, th- th- that's the new coaching tree to watch. Man. Oh God! <laughs> Please don't even go there. But we're, since we're going there, you already in you already referenced them. Let's talk about those Lions. The Detroit Lions were able to advance the NFC Championship game to take on said 49ers after they beat the Bucks 31-23. If the Lions make it to the Super Bowl, does that discredit Matthew Stafford's time in Detroit? Big time. Big time. Because I would argue that Stafford had better talent when he was there. Like he had Calvin Johnson, he had Nate Burleson. He was, I think that those were better teams than what he's playing on now. And Goff has been there, what, five minutes? I can't believe Goff has been in the league for eight years. You believe that? I believe it. He's been in this, he's been in the league for eight years. Well, that first year was kind of lost because Jeff Fisher hated him. <laughs> so it's one of those things that I will play uh, you. Can you throw the ball? No, too bad. The no. other best part about this is like if Goff, if Goff is able to get to this, just get to the Super Bowl with Detroit. I mean, they'll love him forever. And if he wins, winning a Super Bowl with the Detroit Lions is much more valuable than what Stafford did with a loaded team in LA, right? This is the equivalent of the 2016 Cubs. He's he never has to buy a meal in Detroit. Oh yeah, never. yeah, never. No drinks, no meals, no nothing. Jared Goff is golden. Dan Campbell is golden. These guys are legends, absolute legends. And the thing is, is like they kind of casted him out. And it was all because he didn't fit what McVay was trying to do. Meanwhile, McVay just got to a Super Bowl with him. He couldn't. He couldn't have been that much of a misfit. No, right? He's good <laughs> enough for Detroit, man. He's good enough for Detroit. And, and granted, listen, Stafford still went to LA and won the Super Bowl. But we even talked about it back then. Like, you could have won that Super Bowl with Jared Goff. It's not like you couldn't have won it with Jared Goff. There's nothing that Stafford's slinging out there that Goff can't do. No, no. And maybe, he, I mean, maybe Stafford, Stafford has a slightly stronger arm. Well, maybe Stafford runs your plays better, but he's he's not he's not head and shoulders above Goff as a no. as a quarterback or as an athlete or as a player. So that's my only thing is just like you could have just you I mean you basically. If Detroit wins, you basically just swapped Super Bowls, right? You both, you made this trade, you both won, but I think if Goff stayed in LA, LA still wins. If Stafford stays in Detroit, they don't win. Like this Detroit team would not win with Matthew Stafford. No, and I think at some point Matthew Stafford would have ended up with the Falcons. Go, but he would have gone home. So as far as you know, invalidating or discrediting Matthew Stafford's time. I mean, there he, 
It will, Z, because they're not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to talk about Stafford anymore. They're always going to talk about Jared Goff. And they won't. They won't talk about the trade anymore because no, it won't be who. It wouldn't be who won the trade, right? Because everybody won. That's an old-fashioned football trade. Everybody wins. Now, who got set up long, long term? Who got set up for the better? Oh, Detroit. Easily Detroit. Yeah. Easily Detroit. They got they've can't they, they got Gibbs. They got Laporta. They got they got uh, Jameson Williams. They were able to uh, you know they were able to draft Aiden Hutchinson. Like they they did all right for themselves. And they did all right for themselves. You know, and that, that's a kudos to the organization. They're finally they finally finally put their head on straight. And they started doing that under Martin Mayhew when they drafted Matthew Stafford. Right, when they well, I in. just think I think what happened is is they finally hit on their draft picks, and they have a coach that um, is has them looking forward and not looking behind them. And I think mm-hmm. that was big because you know there there were some there were some low points in the season. They dropped a couple of games, and he kept them looking forward. And the and they think the turning point was when they went to Dallas and got robbed because they should have beat Dallas. That that was their game. That was their game. And you know, and the and listen, they beat a good Bucks team. The Bucks team was in it. Another team. It came down to the last drive. And, Bucks were game. Yeah, and Baker like love through the pick, but they were they were in it. And that's all you. That's all. That's all you want to be is you want to you want a chance. You want a chance to win a championship. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. But in Milwaukee, you need more than just a chance to win the championship to keep your job. So the Milwaukee Bucks were not satisfied with being in second place in the Eastern Conference with a little less than half the season to go. So they fired first-year head coach Adrian Griffin yesterday. And today they hired Doc Rivers to, I guess, right the ship of the second place team. So uh, it's a weird question, but uh, I guess can Doc Rivers move the team into first place? I guess because that's that's the only thing that's lacking here, and, and maybe compete for a championship this year. I'm sorry, did I miss something? You did. I don't know. I mean, how did the conversation go? Like you call him, right? You call him into your office. He's, you know, heading up there. He's like, "Hey, what's going on?" He's like, "Yeah, you know, you're doing a great job. You know, the team's in second place, and you've only got 13 losses. Um, uh, but we're gonna have to let you go." It's like, "I'm sorry. Can I'm sorry, you say that into my good ear?" Yeah, what? we're gonna have to let you go. You know, we just thought we'd be a little bit better at this point in the season. That much better. We're in second place. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I thought, you know, we, we, we we're kind of lacking on the defensive front. It's like you traded my best defensive player in the offseason, Drew Holiday. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, Bingo. but we brought in Dame Lillard and 
you know, he's supposed to be scoring more and closing out games. It's just like, I, I, I am totally, are you sure? Is this really happening? Am I, am I in the Twilight Zone? Is this an episode of Scanners? Like, what the fuck is going on here? No, no, yeah, we're, we're moving on. Um, we're actually going to go with someone we've been consulting with all season long. We're going to try to get him in here. And try to so, and try to right I, the ship. Right the ship. We have the same record as the defending champions, the Denver Nuggets in the West. So I just said, are they riding know, their I, ship? Are they firing their take, coach? Let me take a twenty here. So you're staging a coup, <laughs> and you're bringing in Doc Rivers. I served you this on a platter. Like, what are you? It's a fucking joke. It's, it's an I, absolute joke. So you trade. Because I mean, is there is there is there is, is there a sexual allegation that's going to come out? There has to no. be more to this story. No, you can't tell me that the players are quitting on this guy. And how could that be? I mean, what 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 was he supposed to do? Like, what is he not doing? It they got half the season left. He's a first year coach. If you didn't want him, why'd you hire him? Why didn't you hire Doc Rivers in the offseason? Why did you fire Mike Budenholzer? Yeah, because well, I think that was all because that was all because uh, the players I think didn't wanted him out. I think well, so. They, they weren't were, happy with the scheme. And that's they the other happy thing. With this guy From what I understand, if I remember correctly, like earlier in the year, Adrian Griffin was trying to get them to play more of like an aggressive style defense, a lot of like what the Raptors do. And then they had a players only meeting and they asked if they can go back to like dropping Lopez and switching on ball screens. And he's like, all right, I guess we could. And then that lands you like 27th in the league in defense. And I don't know what you're, what you're expecting. And then, you know, Giannis, I'm starting to lose a little respect for this guy because Apparently, he wouldn't sign his extension in the offseason until the team made a move. And their move was they, they went and got Dame Lillard. It's just like, getting Dame Lillard, that was the answer? Like, I, I mean, Dame doesn't play defense. He doesn't even run back on defense. Nope. And, yeah, he hits big-time shots at the end of the game. I'm not taking that away from him. He'll get you 25 to 30 points a game. But, I mean, we talked about this when the trade was made. I, did you need Dame Lillard? Is he... Is he going to put you over the top? Is he going to help you beat the Celtics? Like, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? And then Doc Rivers, in my opinion, the most overrated coach ever in professional basketball, gets another team with like two or three Hall of Famers on it. And I don't think he's going to win. Like, he has, I'm, if I'm pretty sure, he's lost the most series. He's, he's lost the most playoff series as a head coach. And he's and he's lost the most games after being up three one in a series. This is the guy we're turning to. This is the guy that's gonna quote unquote turn it around. <laughs> like, what are we talking about right now? He just got booted out of Philly because he couldn't coach James Harden, and then they got rid of James Harden. <laughs> I it, it makes absolutely no sense. But what does make sense is that Giannis is at the center of it, right? So he is the he is he has to be right. Like he's gotta you, be. You think they ran this by him first? Hey, we're gonna go get Doc Rivers. How do you feel about that? Unless think they it did was that? his idea. Unless see how unless how, he's how a coach far, killer. How far away are we from the NBA just not having coaches? Like how far away are we from getting a team that is run by the players? Because this is what this comes down to. In my opinion, they didn't want to be coached. 
They didn't want to. They, they didn't want to be. And nobody in the NBA wants to be coached. Nobody wants to play defense. You see the scores every night. It's 115 to 113, 143 to 122. Like everybody's scoring over 100 points every single game. Where back in the day, if you broke 90, that was a big game. Like if it was like 98, 78, something like that, I was like, wow, they got up there. Like no, and nobody wants to work on defense anymore. It's like you get yours, I'll get mine. Whoever gets the most at the end wins. And I believe that's really the philosophy. It's like, we're going to score more points than you are. That's in it. A two, in a two-game road trip against the Pistons, the Pistons, they let up a combined 263 points. 263. So they, so they put in... Oh, no. They won... 141-135 and they won 122-113. That's crazy. not sustainable. Not sustainable. That's crazy. That's not- that's, that's cra- how, how are you scoring that many points? It just, there's no defense being played. And then when you try to argue with a player, you try to talk about a player and get them to play defense or buy into what you're selling, they're like, I'm not playing for you. And get, get this. The reports are that Giannis has been on the outs with the coach since the playing tournament when he refused to huddle with the team during timeouts. What the fuck is going on? You can't... It sounds you, like there's a Giannis problem. You can't sit in the huddle and pretend like you're listening? Pretend well, like you give a shit? The report is the day before they fired Griffin, who was drawing up the play at the end of the game? Giannis. But this is what I'm talking about. So this is what I'm talking about. Because that's been happening for like the last five or six years where... Players are drawing up the plays in the huddle, not the coaches. So that's what I'm trying to say. Is like, how far away are we from like a Kyrie Irving team not having a coach? Just well, I'll come out when I'm tired or when I get X amount of fouls. That's when I'll come out and just and just play in the game like that. Like I just I think we're I think we're about five years away from a team not having a coach, and I think we're about ten years away from multiple teams not having a coach player run teams so it wasn't that far off when kd and kyrie were talking about like, no oh, maybe I'll, be, I'll do it one no. day because that's I'll the way they it. feel that's that's their real philosophy that's the way they feel kevin durant he might take direction once in a while but he ain't relying on his coach to put him in position to score buckets to put him in position to block shots he's gonna he's doing him he's all about experiences anyway you're just you're getting a lot of Giannis, KD. That's the other problem. Is like you bring in this guy Adrian Griffin. He's a first year coach. He don't got any rings, and he's gonna come in the huddle and talk to Giannis and talk to all these Bucks players who just won a chip a couple of years ago. It's not gonna happen. Now Phil Jackson walks into the room. It's like okay, yeah, this guy's won more than me. I have. I'll listen to him. Or Pat Riley walks into the room like, all right, I'll listen. Pat, Pat knows what he's talking about. But you, this was doomed from the start, and I feel bad for Adrian Griffin because he didn't get a fair shake. It was three no, games. Why not let him finish the season? Why not let him finish the season? What was the harm? What's the foul? You're in second place. Maybe it gets turned around. Maybe he figures it out. Maybe he talks to you better. How could he lose his job but the guy who coaches the Orlando Magic and the guy who coaches the Detroit Pistons keeps his job? How's that work? Because they're in on it. Like well, that's the whole thing. They're they're in on the whole thing. We're gonna suck 
and you're a part of it. <laughs> These guys, the expectation was that they were supposed to take on Boston. They were supposed to be better than Boston. They were supposed to, you know, Says win who? the and, it, and it's still early. It's so That's early. the thing. Now, like, the, you think back to when LeBron can David Black. When LeBron yeah, and David yeah, it was around the same thing. It was like 30, 30, 30, and 30, and 10, and 30 and 11, something like yeah. that. They caught fire with T. Lou and they won. <laughs> okay, sure. But that doesn't always happen. No. That doesn't always happen. Bullshit. And you know what? You're not entitled to this. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, Adrian Griffin came here with credibility from the Raptors. He built the defensive core that won them a championship. Like, he was there with Nick Nurse. He was an architect of that defense. So, like, he's got some credibility there. Now, he needed to cut his teeth as a head coach. My concern is that he never gets another head coaching job. Nah, he's, I don't think he will. How, how can he? you? How can Black, you? You blacklisted this guy with that. Like, I, I don't see how you can do that. And how do you fix... Like, let's think about this. Yes, like, the major issue was getting rid of Drew Holiday. Not so much bringing in Damian Lillard. It was the getting rid of Drew Holiday because your defensive identity was Drew Holiday. How do you replace that guy? You know, how do you do that? Because you need to, you know, are, are you calling the bulls about Alex Caruso? Like, what, what are you, what's your idea? What's your move? Because, you know, Philly's right behind you. Boston's not that far ahead of you. You're still in striking distance of winning the conference. Now, unless, you know, there there was no plan, and it's starting to exceedingly seem like there was no plan. You know, Doc was available, Doc was around, and all of a sudden, oh, Doc is a much better option. Why? Because Doc won with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. I'm pretty sure you and I could have won with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. For sure. So, yeah. So, I, I don't know. Like, to your point, Doc couldn't get it done in Philly. Couldn't get it done with the Clippers. He could not get it done. So, I think you're setting yourself up for major league disappointment. But while the Bucks had major league disappointment... It was a ball night on Monday when there were big-time games from some big-time players. Joel Embiid dropped 70 on the Spurs. Carl Anthony Towns had 62 against the Hornets. And Kevin Durant had 43 against the Bulls. Big deal, little deal, no deal. Any of them? Combination? What do you think? I'm I'm just... I'm not about it. I'm just not about this version of the NBA. I mean, I think it's embarrassing. And me dropping 70 on Wemba and Yama. Where the fuck were you, dude? You're 7-4. Maybe you weren't playing head-to-head on Joel Embiid every play, but dude, he had 70 points through three quarters. What the fuck? Carl Carl Anthony Towns took it upon himself to just keep scoring, even though his team was losing, which is ridiculous. They lose at home to a terrible team. I think they lost to Portland or somebody. No, they lost to the Hornets. The Hornets. Awful. And then Kevin Durant dropping 43 against the Bulls is like whatever, but dude, pass the ball? I don't know. I, I don't I I listen, I think I have a different outlook on the NBA than most people do. 
I'm more into the team basketball aspect. I'm more into defense. Listen, Embiid is a is a is a is a really really good player. But it's different watching Embiid get his points than watching like Kobe drop 81 in the Garden, right? It's a little different. Um, you know, watching Shaq dominate on the board, scoring 34, 35 points, 70 points, man. What? Where is everybody? Are we just are we just letting them go take layups? What are we doing? And then 62 for Towns. What good was it? You lost. It's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing. I don't think it's good for the league, all these points being scored. This isn't like football where you're try- or, or, or hockey where we're trying to get scoring up. Scoring dilutes the product. I don't I want to see I want to see some block shots. I want to see some defense. This is like an all-star game every other night. So I'm gonna say it's no deal. I don't give a shit about it. No. And not to mention that the Sixers only won by 10. He dropped 70 and they only won by 10. Yeah. What, how efficient is that? How That's fucking terrible. efficient is that? That's terrible. But then you're also looking at, you know, and this kind of exposed to me. And I'm totally with Coach Finch. The Minnesota Timberwolves cannot be trusted. Because Anthony Edwards, by omission, stated, oh, we were just trying to feed Cat at that point. <laughs> we were just trying to feed him so he could, you know, run it so he can run it up. It's absolutely atrocious. It is the epitome of selfish. Epitome. I'm waiting for another guy to pull the Ricky Davis thing where he tries to score in his own basket and get the rebounds and gets his triple double. <laughs> so I, I'm waiting for that. Because this is absolutely ridiculous. There's no defense. A lot of defense has been legislated out. It has been. But it is run and gun, heavy on the threes, and, you know, it's just not there. Perimeter defending isn't what it used to be. Interior defending, forget. Outside of, like, Rudy Gobert. And Jokic, but you know, you know, run them up, fill them in. Like that's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to get as much scoring in the game as possible because that is what is exciting. That's what they can brand, right? That's what the that's what will make the highlights on Sports Center. That's what will be the TikTok clips. Not a clutch block. Not a key defensive stop. Patrick Beverly is never going to get featured. Right? Patrick Beverly is a very good defensive player. He'll never he will get he'll get featured for when he has a temper tantrum. The league is all about offense. It's all about the stars. And it doesn't, you know, it, it just doesn't lend itself to interesting basketball. Like, I that's great. It's a skills competition. It really is. It's the all-star weekend every night. It's it's not enjoyable to watch. It's completely no deal. Right? I would yeah, like to see... I'm with you on that. I, I would like to see... like 78 I, to 90. 
Yeah, yeah. 92, 98, 96, 92, 88, 87. Like, where's the, where's the effort? No. I, I, well, that's it. Defense is all that effort. Yeah, it is. And, right. you know, some players would rather cherry pick and wait to get their, to get their shit in. And frankly, like that's, you know, that doesn't make for entertaining basketball. Like, I would, I would like to see, I would like to have seen how the superstars of a previous generation, not even two generations ago, right? I, I would have liked to have seen how, just even like a Tracy McGrady, what would he be in these rooms? Dude would be all world. The Tracy McGrady was good, right? Vince Carter was good. Alan Iverson was good. Those guys would have been friggin' next level. Because there's nothing happening. Like, they had to play through some physicality. Like, they had to play through some effort. You had guys in the league who cared and put their effort in, like Bruce Bowen. Like, that guy took pride in his defense and put it on the floor every night. And... It just does the game a disservice when you don't and you just let people blow by you and friggin' olay them and have that let them go to the basket at will. It just dilutes the product and it devalues the game. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co. Because there's always room for a brownie. But rather than devalue the game, baseball has once again honored those that have served it, having elected Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Maurer, and Jim Leland into the Hall of Fame. Do you have any issues with those guys, or did they get it right? No, I'm not. I'm not in on Mauer. Not. I think. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Not first ballot though. I was gonna be first ballot with Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre is probably a top ten third baseman all time. Like, I don't see that with Mauer. Mauer now, if I've got this correct, I think it's. Him, Pudge, and I want to say Johnny Bench are the only first ballot Hall of Fame catchers. Does he really belong in that conversation? 
I don't know, man. I don't know. And I like Joe Mauer. I was always a Joe Mauer fan. And I'm not even saying he doesn't belong. I'm saying he does, but not first ballot. Like, come on. He's come on. He's the Hall of Very Good, right? He's a very good player. Like, we don't, no rings, right? I think he has two or three batting titles. But, three times. Okay, three times. No championships. Nope. Okay. Like, okay, see, hear, hear, hear me out on this. If you're giving me the choice between Joe Maurer and Jorge Posada, I'm going to take Jorge Posada. Like, if I'm starting a team, yeah. If you're giving me the choice between Joe Maurer or Buster Posey, I'm taking Buster Posey. You know what I mean? Like, I think Ryan McCann is Brian McCann is up for election next year. Yep. Give me the choice between Brian McCann and Joe Maurer. I'm taking Brian McCann. I'm not even thinking twice about it. Um, I just, and I like him. I like him. It's not like I hate him. Like there are players I hate. I don't hate Joe Maurer. I actually like Joe Maurer. But I mean, well, enough about Derek Jeter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> like, okay, like I, like his numbers are comparable to Capanella, Dickey, Cochran, and Posey. But I'm gonna take those four guys over Joe Maurer. Right, he's comparable well, to Michael. Okay. He's comparable comparable to Michael Young at this age. Michael Young is one of my favorite players. Michael Young also could play like seven positions. Yeah, but is Michael Young a Hall of Famer? No, not in my yeah. opinion, no. So that's I like right. Michael Young too. But I, you know, I love Mike. He was one of my favorite players. I wasn't a Texas fan. I just liked the way he played the game. He was a big dude. He could hit home runs. He could play defense. He's a good player. No, no. Bauer had won an MVP. Or if Maurer would have won the World Series. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, sure. I can get on board with this. But you're not. You're just. Like I said, I'm, when it comes to when it comes to the Hall of Fame, I'm, I'm very, like, elite. Like, all-time player. Meaning you'd have been successful in any time player, any time you'd have played. And he just doesn't do that for me. He's. I'm not taking. I'm not taking a lot of Hall of Fame catchers over him. But now he enters that conversation. Like, when you say Campanella, when you say Dickey, when you say Cochran, you're going to say Joe Maurer, right? And I just think that's wrong. And then it's a disrespect to Beltre, whose head and shoulders better baseball player, baseball player, like all-around baseball player, all-around better than Joe Maurer. Now, if you want to say, like, he was the best of his time, okay, yeah, I guess you can get on board with that, but... That does, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't do anything for anybody. Okay. So, I hear you. I definitely hear you. But you're actually, like, the, the Jorge Posada thing is actually very interesting. I'm looking at the numbers, and Jorge Posada had more homers. Yeah. Jorge Posada had a higher OPS. Yeah. Jorge Posada had more RBIs. Like, it's very interesting. But Posada was a better silver slugger, five-time All-Star. Yeah, time, you know. But, but the Mauer does have the MVP. Oh, he has one MVP. He has one five-time okay. silver slugger, three-time Gold Glove, three-time batting champion. Posada was a switch hitter. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. switch hitter, switch hitting power catcher, and Posada's got three rings or four rings. Probably got three or four. He's got his four. He was on the 0-9 team. He got four four. rings. 
He's played some meaningful games in the postseason. He's beaten teams. He's he's been a part of it. He's a champion. Hey, that's that's the problem. So now does Jorge get in? Jorge ain't never gonna get in. Like that's the I'm problem. Sure like, he's off the ballot. Is Var Varitek? Varitek's not in, right? But see, that that was an interesting one. Like as far as catchers go, who who is gonna be the guy? Like Buster Posey, definitely. Hundred percent. That's the that is your that's your model. And and granted, Mauer checks a lot of boxes that Posey has. But I think Posey has three championships. He's got yeah. at least two. Three. Three. And he three. might even have an MVP. He might have an MVP. Yeah. So I that's mean, the problem. So what are we going to do? We're going to put Joe Maurer next to Buster Posey in the Hall of Fame? How the fuck does that look? We don't got to put people in every year. <laughs> Just because they're on the bat, you don't got to put any, you don't have to put people in every year. Well, you also don't need to put them in on first ballot. Right. Right. That's the other thing. I mean, look at Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield was on oh, he's a, but he's eligibility. A, that's he hard. Make... That's hard because he's a, he's a one of the... He is a steroid chief. He's a steroid he absolutely guy. He's hard. a steroid guy like like Clemens, like Bonds. Right. So that's the like problem. So, so, right. that's, but that's that's close. Yeah, it's that's cute. A Rod's but, at thirty five percent. So yeah, it's not like, happening. These guys are you know That's okay. Uh, like I'm okay with Sheffield not getting in because of what yeah. he did. So that's that's a wrap. But those guys will wind up getting in when the players vote. So well, think about this one. The Buster Posey comp. Excuse me. Mauer's got a better batting average. Posey has a few more home runs. So they both had under 200 home runs for their career. Wow. That's surprising yeah. for Posey. Mauer had over 100 more ribbies. Wow. Actually, close to 200 more ribbies. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So, but the eye test, yeah. Z, but the eye test. Like, if I'm, if we're, if, if we're starting a team, are you taking Buster Posey? Or you taking Joe Mauer? I would take Buster Posey. Okay, but you started a now, team. But, you taking Jorge Posada or are you taking Joe Mauer? Begrudgingly, I'm taking Jorge Posada. Okay, you started a team. You're taking Campanella or are you taking Joe Mauer? I'm gonna take Roy Campanella. Yeah, that's the problem, right? You're gonna take all these players over him. Like, the, thing, the problem, the, the thing that's eating at us with Maurer is that we watched him and he was a singles and doubles guy. But I loved him. I, I really he did. He's a solid I enjoyed, player. I enjoyed watching solid. him play. I, I remember watching him play. I loved watching him play. I like those twins teams. I don't have a beef with him. But he ain't. He's inoffensive to me. He's absolutely inoffensive, but he's the lightning Hometown right? guy, right? I'm pretty sure he's from Minnesota. He's from Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great story, and he's a nice guy. I don't have anything against him. Joe, I love you. I know you listen to the program. But Joe, I don't know. First ballot. I, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Like, seriously? Yeah. The, the one to me that's kind of like, like, Joe Maurer definitely, like, giving the eye test and like, Eh, oh, maybe yeah, yeah, right. But Leland, yes, I love Jim Leland. Eh. Adrian Beltre, yes. Todd Helton, Todd Helton outside of Coors Field was average. Yeah, that's true. But but you know what? He like like Larry Walker. You know, 
he put together enough of a solid career. 316 lifetime batting average, 359. Homers, He's a, he just, like, just a, but that's innings. another good example. You taking Todd Helton or Joe Maurer? I'm taking Todd Helton. Yeah. You're right. You're going to take, yeah. right? I'm going to take Todd Helton. You're going to take Joe Maurer or Adrian Beltre. I'm going to take Adrian Beltre. Like, this is the problem. It's just that it's a bad, it was a bad year for him to, for this to happen. This was not the year for him to get in, right? He should have gotten in the year where, like, Jimmy Rollins and uh, Scott Rowland, like, you could be in that, like, kind of group, right? That's that's more your that's more your group. He could have yeah. gotten in next year when Billy Wagner gets in. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, sure. Be with those guys. Or um, <laughs> Ben <Belcher>. Zobrist. <laughs> oh, God, Ben Zobrist. <laughs> well, I sent you the list of the guys that are up it's for It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, let's look at that list. Let's do that right now. Let's do it right like that's, now. That's buddy. the group you belong in. Like, come on, man. This is... Yeah, next year, you're looking at Granderson, Felix Hernandez, no. Adam Jones, yes. Ian Kinsler, Russell Martin. No. No. Brian McCann. Yes. Petey. No. Hanley Ramirez. No. Cece. Yes. Ichiro. Yes. Tulo. Absolutely not. And Zobra. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, the, I think Felix deserves a shot. Maybe not first ballot, but he should get in. And uh, Cece and Ichiro. That's it. Nobody else belongs in. I'm sorry. Justin Pedroia, you had a nice little run. You didn't play long enough. Brian McCann, you're the you're the hall of good. You're the hall of not even you're not even very good. You're good, and I would still take Brian McCann over fucking Joe Mauer. <laughs> oh my god! No, I'm true. taking Hanley good. Ramirez over Joe Mauer. <laughs> and let's not get crazy. I would take Hanley Ramirez. I think he was a far better shortstop and a, and a better baseball player. Now, like, let's project a little bit down the road here. Like next year. Those guys come off because they're in. The guys that we mentioned are on. You have Sheffield comes off. Wagner's in his last year on the ballot. He is at 73%, 74%. So he needs 3%, right? So he needs about 2%. He needs yeah. 1.2% to get there. Okay. Andrew Jones is close. How, he's that, not that close. It's how does Andrew Jones not get in as a first ballot Hall of Famer, but fucking Joe Maurer gets in as a first ballot Hall of Famer? That, come on, that's ridiculous. Andrew Jones stayed too long. Yeah. That's the problem. This is true. This is true. But he did have one year where he hit like 50 or 60 bombs. Yeah. And he was a he was a far better fielder than Joe Maurer. I know Joe Maurer's a catcher, but like superior fielder. You know, agreed. Agreed. He was one of the best center fielders I've ever, ever seen. Ever, ever, ever. But ever. Go, you know, he hung on to him. He went to the Rangers. Yeah. To the Yankees. Yankees. Like he just kind of like lingered, yeah. and he became yeah. like this. No. He became a fourth True. outfielder. Like True. Joe Maurer had a 14-year career, and then he was gone. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you know, you look down the pipe here, like A. Rod and Manny, or A. Rod and Manny. You got Chase Utley. You got. Omar Vizquel, Bobby Abreu. Omar Vizquel? If Bill Mazeroski's in, Omar Vizquel is in. Omar Vizquel is a better defensive player than him. The only, probably the only defensive shortstop I've seen that's better than Omar Vizquel was Ozzy. Yeah, Ozzy. And Cal. Cal was good. And Cal. Barry Larkin was very good. I really But I I gotta say, the two that I've seen that were great, truly great with the glove, Vizquel and Ozzy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, then you're looking into the Jimmy Rollins, the Mark Burley, no, no, no. Tory Hunter, no, and David Wright. No. No. As I'm a Met fan, David Wright. Absolutely not. No. Like you could be in the Wright, Hall of Very Good. We could open up a building across the street. David Wright can be in the inaugural class with Don Mattingly and Keith Hernandez. Yeah, yeah sure. Like, I mean, if we just need a new building. We need in. to open up a new building. It's we've got to we we have to open up a building. It's called the Elite Athletes or something like that, where we're just putting the the greatest players. You know, none of this none of this garbage of like you know the Brett Favre's of the world. Like none of that. We don't need any of that nonsense in here. We want Tom. We want Joe. We want, uh, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not even say that guy's name, but we want the elite <laughs> players in the Hall of Fame. You want to say Peyton? You no. want to say Peyton? No, no, it wasn't. no, no. <laughs> no, but I understand what you're saying. It, it, it has been diluted in your in recent years. Uh, I, it's hard to disagree. It's absolutely hard to because disagree. Because it's all, and... it's all, it's all a money grab. It's all a money grab. It's all. You know, supporting people's foundations, being accessible to people, you know, being nice to reporters so that they vote for you. Like, that's what it's become. And it's just okay not to vote for people. Like, next year, the only there are only three people that should get votes. If anybody else gets votes, it's bullshit. Like, you can't be voting for Dustin Pedroia over fucking Ichiro. You can't be voting for Hanley Ramirez over who's the other guy I said over CC Sabathia like you no. can't do that okay there's only three guys there's really only two guys but you can make an argument for Felix Hernandez it's two guys it's CC and Ichiro that's it guys that's it completely uh, we're in complete agreement now if you want to round it out with Wagner I'm fine with that if yeah you to, sure. if you want to put Andrew Jones in I'm fine with that yeah Carlos Beltran I'll listen to you on Carlos Beltran you know what the Beltran thing is, is I didn't realize this he was on one of the Astros championship teams I didn't realize that he was the he was the ringleader of the cheating yeah I thought he was a He's coach on that team I thought he was a coach no. I didn't know he was a player he was a player he and Alex Cora cooked up the scheme. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm okay with that, though, because if he had that one playoff series where he – well, the one playoff postseason where he just was on fire. He batted, like, over 400, and they didn't win that year, but he was amazing. The first then, go around with the Astros. And then he was – and he's a world – he won a championship. I mean, he's got the numbers to support it, and he had longevity. He played for a really long time. He so did. I can get on board with Beltran. I can get on board and, with it. Whereas Andrew Jones didn't overstay his uh, Andrew Andrew Jones overstayed his welcome. Carlos Beltran was still effective well into his late third. I just I think Andrew Jones gets the nod because of the fifty home run season and elite fielder, elite like elite center fielder, like better than Jim Edmonds, better than like Griffey, like just amazing fielder. He absolutely yeah, he should get better consideration than he did. But there's a lot of guys that you know. You would think that we'd get a better look, but what really kills him is 254 lifetime batting average. Like that's, pretty, that's pretty bad. Ugh. But he does have 434 home runs. He has wow. triple the amount of home wow. runs that Joe Mauer has. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Joe. I can't. I'm sorry. I keep coming back to this. But <laughs> ten-time Gold Glover, 434 homers, almost 1,300 ribbies. Ten-time Gold Glover. Wow. But it took Jim Cott how many years? 
Jim Cobb is a 16-time Gold Glover. Like, <laughs> bunk defense. Who cares about defense? Yeah, who gives defense? Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? But you know what? Like going to Cooperstown for my birthday last year, it was really like it was nice to go through that hall, and it was good to kind of reflect upon that. And I got to see the recent additions. And some of them, like, didn't fit. And, you know, it's... The ones that we lived through, I think, are the ones that are, like, the head-scratchers to us. Like, we're, we're starting to get into that frame in our lives. So, I think that you're absolutely right. It's going to be, you know... The history of the game will be told through the players' committees, where these guys are going to... You know the A Rods and the Mannies, and they're all going to get their time in the sun, whether you know deserving or not. They're eventually going to get their due. If Harold Baines can be in the Hall of Fame, then pretty much anybody can be in the Hall of Fame. Because you know Harold Baines only, you know, he was a hitter, and he was an an average hitter at best, a below average hitter at most of the time. So you know, overall, like Pandora's box is open. So. Joe Mauer, welcome to Cooperstown. Next time I go there, I will look at your bust and I will give the respect by given by the BBWAA because you know you're there. Do I think so? Not really, but hey, you're there. So respect is due. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. The choice is yours. Swipe left or swipe right. Especially my online dating fans. We have a statement. And you swipe left, swipe right. You swipe left or swipe right on court storming in college sports. Um, I'm swiping right. I'm fine with it. I think I think the athletes need to be more because this all comes up because of what happened to Caitlin Clark, who when Iowa lost to OSU over the weekend, the court got stormed and she got blindsided by a fan who was running onto the courts. I mean, I'm sorry that happened to her, uh, but I think as an athlete, you have to understand the ramifications of the event and you have to understand that that's a possibility. It's hard to stop all those people from storming a court, running onto a field, what have you. Um, I've been up. I've I've been to a game where the court was stormed. I didn't storm the court, but when you're a young college kid or even a big fan, it's something you would want to take part in. You want to say you were there and you did it. And I'm okay with it. I just think there probably needs to be more safety involved. There needs to be more of a heads up, more heads on a swivel, and just understanding. But I do think it's good for college sports. I'm going to swipe left 
for the safety concerns, yeah. like you mentioned. Like yeah. it's a it's a major issue. It's a liability. Mm-hmm. It, it's a problem. You know, like I get excitement, I get exuberance. I, I understand. You know, I, I I sympathize really. You know, you knocked off Caitlin Clark. You knocked off Iowa. Like, good. You know, Ohio State. Good for you. But you put not only the athletes at risk, you put yourselves at risk. You put people that aren't storming the court at risk. You put the other team at risk. You put security guards at risk. Ah, it's Is the juice worth the squeeze just to say that you ran on the court just to celebrate what turns out to be a meaningless regular season victory. It's one of many. Right? Yeah, you knocked off a number one team. That That's fine. That's wonderful. Now, thankfully, nobody was seriously injured. But it only takes one time. It only takes one time. And it only takes one fan with malicious intent to really do some damage, right? That's that's the other thing. It's like you have the exuberant people who are celebrating, and then you have the ne'er-do-wells who just want to start some shit. <laughs> There's they, they exist, you know. Like the, these people are around. So let's not pretend that everybody is altruistic and let's not pretend that everybody wants to celebrate because not everybody not everybody does man some people just want to watch the world burn and some people just want to you know do something for the sake of doing something and that puts a lot of people in harm's way swipe left or swipe right number two the Miami Heat acquiring Terry Rozier for Kyle Lowry and a first-round pick from Charlotte. I mean, you've got to swipe right on that, right? Especially when you look at what the Bucks gave up to get Damon Lillard. They got Terry Rozier for a ham sandwich, man. Terry Rozier, could, we could argue that he is not maybe a better version of Damon Lillard, but he's pretty damn good. You're telling me that the Bucks wouldn't compete at a high level with Terry Rozier? This is the this is the move that the Heat needed to make. They are definitely in the fold now for a championship, and I'm looking forward to watching Jimmy Butler and Terry Rozier play together. I'm swiping right. I'm swiping right on this too. Like it was always it's it scratch. I always scratched my head when Terry Rozier left Boston. Yeah. To go to Charlotte. Yeah. Like. Oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get paired with Gordon Hayward. Yeah, no, no, yeah, they had plans. Didn't work out, but plans didn't work out. You know, but the one thing about Terry Rozier is that he's a scorer. Oh yeah, good player. He's a really good player. Slightly more. I mean, they're in terms of career points. Louisville. There you go. Uh, Yeah, Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're looking at it, career-wise, they're eerily similar, right? You're looking at 14.1 for Rozier, 14.4 for Kyle Lowry. 4.3 rebounds for Kyle Lowry, 3.9 for Rozier. 
where Kyle Lowry really stands out is 6.2 assists compared to 3.6 assists. Now, granted, this year they're up. The points, the, the assists are up for Rosier, 6.6. And he's averaging 23 points a game. So, strike while the iron's hot on this. He's the scorer that you need at this time, whereas Kyle Lowry is averaging 8.2 points a game. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the 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 Heat gave up about 25% of what they were ready to give up for Dame. They got to keep Jaquez. They got to keep their other first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Rozier is going to give them 80% of the offensive production that Dame would, and he's going to play defense. He's definitely a better defender. And it's going to be a win-win for Charlotte, too, because they're not in the keeping long run, sure. Yeah, in the long they're run. Sure. But, right, 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 right. There's absolutely no reason for them he to keep He should probably go to L.A. Mm. He should probably go to L.A. That would be, you know, that that makes sense. Or go to Milwaukee where he plays defense. Kyle Lowry plays defense. So that would, you know, and he's a point guard. Like that or would the be Knicks, a good... Knicks. Knicks would be the, smart to get him. The Knicks would be interesting. I mean, I they're trying to move Emmanuel quickly out. So I find that, you know, I find that very interesting. They already gave up. You know, oh, really? moved on. Not quickly, dude. Leave already. He's still there. Yeah, quickly. Oh, oh Quentin Grimes. I was going to say, Quickly's on the Raptors already. Yeah, Quentin Grimes is the one that they wanted to move out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're trying to move him to the West Coast. So, like, why not replace him with Kyra Lowry and, you know, really jump in on this and make it a win now situation? You made the move with Ananobi and you're keeping, it looks like you're keeping Julius Randle. So, you know. I don't know. I mean, having Kyle Lowry as a defensive point guard wouldn't be a bad fit. It definitely wouldn't be. I mean, that is more of a Laker move. I think you're you're on you're on to something there with that. Or they could just buy him out. You know, that's the other thing. Like the the Hornets could always buy him out. And I think that there are options there. And the moral of the story is that it was a win-win trade in terms of the player and the first-round pick. Kyle Lowry is kind of irrelevant here, but they just need to facilitate the move. Rozier gives Miami what they need. Charlotte gets the pick, and everybody has. Everybody wins because Lowry is eventually going to end up on a contender. It's a win, win, win. Swipe right. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award.
right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the alleged superstar of the week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at DNZ and you vote. And you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and takes home the coveted ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week? I don't. The Eagles. <laughs> well deserved. Well deserved. And who knows? Maybe they'll be on it again for stuff they've been doing this week. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. That was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees? D. All right. First up, I've got Von Miller, Buffalo defensive player. Played in 12 regular season games and two playoff games. He had five tackles the entire year. I'm not stuttering. I'm not mistaking you. He had five tackles the entire year, and two of those tackles came on Sunday. He's a $23.7 million cap hit next year. What do you think Buffalo should do? Von Miller, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Victor Wembanyama. You're 7'4", and you let Joel Embiid drop 70 on you and your team... I know if you, you might not be defending him every play, but don't let somebody like that do that to you. Do better, man. Just do better. And number three, Carl Anthony Towns. You dropped 62 points on Monday night, but lost at home to the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets only have like 10 wins all year. Gotta stop worrying about you and remember the... Hello? We play to win the game. Carl Anthony Towns, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Z, what do you got? WWHED, Walbert Home Oh my god. Well, you know, we play to pad stats. Hello? We play to pad stats. Hello? Hello? So, I'm starting the game. You're damn right we do. We, we play to win the game. That's why they keep score. That's why they keep score. So we can determine the winner. Oh my god. I'm going to start with Sports Illustrated. Mass layoffs. Chaos. Authentic brands. Sent Arena Group the letter terminating Sports Illustrated's license last Thursday. And even before then, it was getting bad over there. Allegations and proof of AI written articles. Wow. Yeah. So, Sports Illustrated's been spiraling for a while, and it's finally gone. It's finally over, but with a name, with a brand like Sports Illustrated, you expected to go out with some kind of bang, and instead you go out with this whimper. You know, at this point, like, what are you, you're getting, what, the swimsuit issue? Is that really it? That's crazy. Like, growing up, it was, you know, the baseball phone, the football phone. You used to get your news from Sports Illustrated. It used to be like, it used to be revered in the industry. People used to, you know, speak about working there with pride. 
And now it seems like lately they've only been speaking about their time there with embarrassment. Sports Illustrated, you are my alleged superstar of the week. The New York Jets, <laughs> they can't get away. They can't get away from them. They can't get away from us. Firing your running back coach after the season where your running back was the best offensive weapon you had. <laughs> Call me crazy, but that's that's crazy. It's absolutely ridiculous that you would fire the guy that got that performance out of Brees Hall. And why? Because he is not Aaron Rodgers' hand-picked guy. Because he's not Nathaniel Hackett. Earth to the Jets. You are in for a major rude awakening next year. <laughs> when, when Mr. Rodgers comes back to the neighborhood and his buddy Nate installs this magical offense. You are not going to have the season you think you're going to have next year. You keep Brees Hall happy. Run the damn rock. You keep his coach. New York Jets, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And then, last but not least, I kind of gave it away already. Philadelphia Eagles having a a multi-hour meeting, a multi-hour sit-down with Coach Sirianni which resulted in the termination of Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, the former offensive coordinator who was demoted, and I really don't know what he was doing after they demoted him. <laughs> he was just kind of there, Sean Desai, and then um, defensive play caller, Matt Patricia, who wasn't the defensive coordinator because, yeah. I don't know what the hell is going on under Sirianni. But this I know for sure. The one guy who did not get fired was Nick Sirianni. Which is surprising. He must have done a lot of... There was a, must have been a lot of soft pedaling. And a lot of butt kissing. In that meeting. There had to be. I'll fire anybody you want. I will, I will fire the guy who puts the cheese on the nachos if it means I get to keep my job. What looked to be a very stable franchise, what looked to very, what looked to be a model, right? Kind of like fuck them picks. This was a model that we were looking at. It's crumbling before our eyes. And one has to wonder how long Nick Sirianni will be in the good graces of Howie Roseman. Or will they call Pete Carroll? Will they call Bill Belichick? Will they just, will they call Frank Reich? I know he was interviewing for their offensive coordinator position. Why not just have him take the whole thing? Philadelphia Eagles, get your shit together. You on my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our X account at FadeRouteDNZ and vote, and vote, and vote, and vote, and for our nominees.
Just do better, boys. Just do better. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.